My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas here, back in the building. Be More Today Show, episode number 97. We are 97 episodes in. Season three is here, and it has always been a blessing, this journey going with you, continuing to be more and inspiring others to be the best version of themselves. I just thank you for joining us every single week, every single Monday for our shows. It's been a crazy ride. We are now heard in 62 countries. Uh, uh, we just passed 20,000 downloads. And for anyone who's heard the show ever, if you looked on YouTube, you've been on Acre, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you've been, um, I appreciate you. I appreciate your dedication to following the journey for Be More Today and what it is. And if you read my book or you listened to the podcast or did a workout with us, uh, I appreciate you. And the Be More Today show will continue to push forward and continue to grow and inspire others to be the best version of themselves as well. So thank you for being part of the growth. It does not go unnoticed. And as always, for more information about us, bemoretoday.com for all things we talked about, including our swag store, which is open. And if you want to be more in that capacity, you can do that as well. My quote for today is simple. And um, it is by Kristen Fremster. And it says, no matter the person or the situation, there is always a beginning. A day one, be courageous and starting over and trying again. This day could be the day that changes everything. And you know, that quotation means a lot to me in various capacities. Um, I really feel like each of us has had a second opportunity just to get things right. Right? Whether you've been through COVID-19 the last two years and you recognize that you appreciate things a little more now because either you've been cooped up in the house or you had a job and you were furloughed or you said, I have so much time now to go out there and start a new new task, a new job, write a new book, do whatever. We've had an opportunity to do things new, to have new beginnings, to have new starts, new stops like my book, right? Our steps to greatness. You've had an opportunity to do those things. And a day one when we said, let's be courageous, let's start over and let's try things again. Um, For those who were a part of the Texas incident that happened last week. Um, I want to have a moment of silence because I think that we are also in a place where we can have a new start. Um, 
as the father of a seven-year-old, uh, my heart was crushed when I heard what had happened. And it just reminds us that even though we've been through the pandemic, even though we've been through so many things that continue to show us that humanity is so resilient, things like this happen. And it's time for us to have a new beginning, to, for us to start over and really look at the things to get things better for the next generation, um, for our kids and our kids' kids. We just can't keep doing the same thing, uh, praying the same prayers. I'm all about those things. We also have to take some action and we have to be better. Um, so I just want to have a moment of silence as always for those who are involved in that shooting, the 21 people, 19 young people and two adults who passed away. Um, let's have a moment of silence for them as we continue to be more for them and more for ourselves as well. I appreciate you guys so much. Again, this show is not just about health and wellness, but it's also about people. And I think the best way for us to really talk about that is to be real. You know, I, I love the show because we talk about positive things and 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 we talk about the growth and journey that happens, but sometimes things don't go as planned. Sometimes things don't go the way that we had intended them to, but we learn from those things. We learn from our experiences. Even the Texas situation, we are learning from that, that we need to do things differently. And I'm someone who says, well, let me fail forward. Let me fail forward and find out what I have to do better. And the only way sometimes to do that is to fail forward and to, and to recognize that in hindsight, 2020 is always great, but I can do things differently to make sure that I can be successful in the future. And I learned that at Downstate when I was going to school. And I got to say, one of the teachers that helped me to recognize that it's not going to always be perfect, that you're going to have to go out there and trial and error certain things or try harder certain things was a teacher named Nisha Matthews. And Dr. Nisha Matthews is actually my guest on the show today. Now, let me give you guys a little uh, preview of, of, of who she is, because she's many, many things. Um, and she holds many, many, many hats. So she went to school in Madras, India, right? And she got her Bachelor of Physical Therapy in 2000. 2000. And she went on to get her Master's in MD Diploma in Musculoskeletal Physiotherapy at the University of Melbourne in Australia. And that was in 2020, uh, 2002. And then went on to get her doctorate from Stony Brook in 2010. Now she's been everywhere. She is a... A uh, clinician who has so many skills. He's worked with so many clinics, um, some in New York, um, some in Texas, where she is now. And she is highly decorated in so many ways. I would have the privilege to meet her when she was actually teaching at SUNY Downstate Medical Center, one of the best grad schools, that I believe, in New York, where she was my teacher for a number of classes. And she was an inspiration to me in, in a variety of ways, not just being a person of color. Um, in an environment that did not have many teachers of color, but also just being an inspiration um, and inspiring me to continue to push through a program that, you know, I thought I was too old to be in at, at the time. I thought I was smart, but there were so many other things that come with the program, not just being smart, but being efficient, being uh, uh, smart enough to recognize the best way to handle certain things or the best answer certain things or the way to negotiate and differentially diagnose certain situations. She was so helpful and integral in terms of my growth as a student um, and someone who was out of school for four years going back to the school system. She hoped that that transition for me to be almost seamless. So I had to have her on the show today just to kind of highlight the thing that she's been doing, not just being 
uh, a clinician around the world, but also being someone who's not just run clinics and taught in the classroom, but has just done so many things in terms of physical therapy and pushing the envelope, not just teaching, but also living that life. She's an athlete at heart. Uh, if you follow her on uh, uh, anything that you may see social media wise or what have you, she is always out there doing great things from running and competing to showing her kids that she too can do exactly what they do, if not better. And um, <laughs> I'm excited to have her on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I can call her my friend because she is my friend, Dr. Nisha Matthews. Nisha, what is going on? It's so good to be finally face to face in a way with you, Sean, and thank you for the wonderful things you've said, um, really touched my heart. Um, when you are there in that time, in the moment, um, I didn't recognize or realize that I'd have that kind of an impact um, on you or any other student for that matter, but it's good to, to hear that and I appreciate that. Um, I'm happy to be here today and uh, Hopefully, I can give you some uh, tips and insight into some things that I have experienced in my PT career. Awesome. I really appreciate that. And I really feel like the um, respect I have for you is huge. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I've been following your journey. We had a chance to connect when we met in uh, Brooklyn a couple of years ago. And actually you came to a workout we did also a couple of years ago, which was a lot of fun. Had so, a lot of fun. Yeah, it's much appreciated. And, you know, I've been following your, your, your journey, your story. I know you are living in Texas and I don't want to harp too much on Texas, right? But I, I, I am curious as someone who is down there, you know, oh. I know what it feels like being up here. Um, and I know the people who are responding to that being up here, but what's it like being in Texas right now what's happening down there just in a, a couple words if you don't mind sharing um there's a lot of um collective um sadness and frustration at repeat events like this and when is some change going to really manifest um so collectively i think i'm hearing a lot of people wanting something to change there's still people that are slightly still, well, somewhat ignorant about um, the gun privileges. But for the most part, I think when you hear things like this, innocent uh, little children being attacked, um, I think that's going to have to mean some change and some reform. Yeah. And uh, hopefully something changes soon. And I think that is the sentiment of most Texans. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that that's the sentiment down there as well. I know I think around the world, we are also feeling that same sentiment. Something has to change, something, anything. And yeah. you know, the whole point of this show is just to really highlight what we can do to be better. And um, I do hope that also that we can get to a better place where just safety-wise, we can be, you know, not to worry about our kids going places they should be going, just being able to go there and not have to worry or fear that they might not be coming home. So just grateful for life. I'm sure you are too. And, you know, I want to have you on the show because I, to me, you are physical therapy, and, you know, and like you're, you're like the embodiment for that for me. There are a couple people that I think people have as not mentors per se, but people that they look up to and they aspire to be. And, you know, you were always that person for me at school. So I'm always curious and have been curious about how this journey started for you because for many people, you know, they have an injury or, 
um, maybe something they're interested in doing in terms of sports, they may get into it, or someone in their family has something, but you know, I never had a really chance to ask you how you got involved um, in PT. And I know that a lot of students that, um, even people who apply to our job here, um, are from India. They come from India and it's like a huge thing to study physical therapy or physiotherapy right. in India. So um, what sparked this journey or this interest for you to get into this amazing field? Okay. Hope I don't disappoint you too much with this answer, but my journey into physical therapy began when I realized that I had to give up on a certain dream of becoming a medical doctor. And to make matters worse, I guess, a lot of doubt. So that realization came because I succumbed to what family and friends kind of put in my mind at the time that it's going to be time consuming. It's going to be a stressful life. You know, I loved the idea of medical school because I love to, to learn. And, uh, but it was a pretty challenging environment. Most everyone in india wants to be a doctor and engineer so so to to get into those programs would would be uh, very challenging and i attempted and i failed and i had been familiar with my uh, parents my mom had had therapy um when i was growing up and so she had said hey you know this is maybe a better alternative for you. This is still in the medical field and you have a work-life balance, maybe somewhat a better life, you know, um, appreciation for time with kids and things like that. Um, if you took this PT route and uh, come to think of it now, looking back, I'm happy I did um, because it is it just aligns with who I am and aligns with my lifestyle and, and I'm happy to still make um, the difference that I make in my community. And um, I'm very comfortable as a PT. Like you said, I you know, studied PT in three different continents. And <laughs> so I'm kind of uh, very, very comfortable wherever you put me to do what I do and see uh, people become better versions of themselves. Yeah, I love it. You know, I, we share a similar sentiment. I, I was I had high aspirations to be an MD, um, yeah. organic chemistry hit, and that was pretty much like, okay. Mm, <laughs> yeah. um, but even to the last minute, I had an advisor in school that, um, I forgot his name, but he was like, yeah, you shouldn't apply to medical school. Like, you're not going to get in. And I was like, oh, you don't know me. I, right. I can do this. Looking at my GPA and whatever else, and you know, I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. And I definitely applied. I definitely took the MCAT. I didn't study for the MCAT. I just had all these aspirations of, oh, how hard can it be, you know? And mm -hmm. I didn't put, I, I, I said I wanted it, but I didn't put the work I had to do to get it. Right. And right. Um, when I didn't get in, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess they were right. And right. Um, that's kind of how I got into it because it was definitely trial and error. But right. um, I do think for me, going through surgeries and recognizing that PT was a real thing and a very successful and productive thing that's how I also reminded myself oh this profession is something that I can definitely do because I've already been through it so um right. I don't you know I, I think that we share that in common and you know I'm grateful for that experience because now that we can see that it's something that we actually do love doing right. I don't see myself doing anything else so right absolutely same yeah. here I agree yeah. yeah um so listen you've done so many things right you've been a teacher or educator you've been a director uh, and continue to be a director, right? At, at um, 
uh, at Baylor. Um, Currently. You've also been a practice owner. Um, what do you think is the most rewarding and what is the most challenging aspect, do you think, of our profession? Okay, so talk about uh, rewards first. I think first and foremost is the personal satisfaction. At the end of the day, you know, you've um, seen a person that's transforming over a span of six weeks coming with a walker and just seeing their spirits rise and they're about to ditch that walker and they can take their own steps and walk on their own feet, the confidence returning to their faces, things like that. I mean, it just, you know, it just fills you with that satisfaction. And so I feel that as um, PT providers, we are pretty invaluable to the community and we make help, uh, we help um, tiny strides that people make into giant leaps, right? And it's, it's pretty rewarding. Um, and then the lifestyle, like I said, again, it's, um, you can embrace an active lifestyle. I think a lot of most PTs I've met are involved in some way or form, bettering themselves physically, you know, challenging their bodies and, um, you know, signing out for different things, you know, but at the same time, we know how to do that safely. And if we are hurt, we can utilize our knowledge to, to, to help, you know, either prevent injuries or treat them. So in that way, we, we, we choose the options that we know that there are no quick fixes and that we need to work through um, some of these things to, to, to heal. And I like that, that we have that knowledge and it's not just, uh, looking for a quick fix. And, and in the same way, we're able to do the same for our community, be it running, training, or like you do, you do some train, you know, training classes and running groups, um, you know, so in much more than just among your friends and family, you can still extend some of that knowledge to your community. Um, I think also as a PT, we have different roles that we can take on. We could be in the school system, we could be uh, make make fun and play out of uh, our work if we you know working with kids and we could work uh, with athletes and that's exciting and uh, very fast-paced environment so there's just so many different options we could be in the education you know like like I did I was a teacher or a professor for a period of time and you know research and um you know, stuff like that is like, that's, that's what uh, you want to do. You can pursue that. So there's all that um, versatility, um, which I like about PT um, and the private practice route, right? Which you're considering that I might consider that later, who knows, right? But there are options. I like that, that we have that option uh, of choosing multiple um, different paths. Mm -hmm. When it comes to challenges, I think you and I know uh, what they are. Um, I don't like the paperwork. Um, I mean, so that's there, you know, I love the patient interaction, but, uh, the paperwork, I, I think I could do more. <laughs> I could be more and, uh, <laughs> get better at that, uh, you know, chip away at that, uh, <laughs> at that little, uh, obstacle. Right. Um, but, uh, the other is, I guess, you know, Medicare reimbursements are um, dwindling down, you know, the 8% payment cuts that that's going to hit hard mm -hmm. uh, if it hasn't already. And uh, insurance reimbursements are not super attractive at this time. So for the amount of time and effort we put into our job, I don't know that the reimbursements are there. Um, 
and then direct access. I don't know what it is like in New York at this time, but Texas just about a year ago um, has allowed direct access, but there's still so much of limitations on what can be done and what we can make available. You and I, We couldn't go out to the public and say, hey, let's do some stretches or this exercise is good for this, you know, because it's still not as free. Our mm. autonomy is pretty limited still. So hope to see some progress there pretty mm. soon. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, direct access in New York is pretty much, you can see a therapist for 30 days or 10 visits. Um, mm -hmm. And after that, you have to go to get a script from an MD. But um, yeah, anyone can come in, um, which I, you know, I, I love that because that just gives us that autonomy that I've been looking for and yearning for, for us to say, you know, we went to PT school, we're doctors for a reason. We should be able to see anybody off the street for anything, as long as it's not like a fracture or, you know, those kind of things where we have to refer that out because, you know, we're not doing much for those things, but musculoskeletal wise, you know, neuro wise, balance wise. Yeah, we, we should be able to see anybody. And I do hope that as we continue to grow and continue to develop as a profession, that, that autonomy will continue. Um, right. Because, yeah, I mean, other professions have those things already. And right. I think that we are just as skilled, if not even more skilled, when it comes to knowing what the body can do, should do, needs to do, et cetera. Um, exactly. And to help, like you said, you know, for someone yeah. who just maybe need some stretches or whatever else, which would be the easiest thing for us to show someone, those right. things should not be limited. Um, right. So yes. in Australia, it's the opposite of that, right? So mm -hmm. in, in Australia, you patients would walk into the therapist's office first. So walk into your phys physical therapist or physiotherapist or physio, as they call them. Um, and then the physio then does the screening and determines if they need to go see a doctor or not. And so we had a lot more freedom. I think you could even request or order x-rays even back in the uh, 20 years ago when I was there. Oh, so yeah, love that. Very different. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Love that. I mean, I'd love for us to get either back to that or to that because that, that would be great. That sounds, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, and I share with you some of the, the, the challenges because those are challenges that we, we see as well. And that's what you know, in in, a, in an instance for me, that's what's also encouraging me to say, well, maybe I can go out there and change. Everyone thinks they can go out there and change things, right? Um, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking maybe I can go out there and change how healthcare is at least perceived from my end, or at least delivered. From that's why I've been talking about possibly doing private practice. And you know, as someone who is continuing to think about it, um, mm -hmm. I've been asking everyone who has either jumped into it or uh, had a foot in it or has done anything in terms of research for it, you know, the best things to do or the worst things to do or the worst things not to do, you know, and, you know, I know you've had your foot in private practice and you've had experiences and as well. So my question for you now is, you know, as an aspiring practice owner, as I am trying to be, what tips can you share um, uh, about starting a practice? Do's and don'ts. <clears throat> okay. So it's much like having a baby and raising a baby, this having this private practice, right? So we're all able to start that journey and it's it's pacing, it's like a marathon, right? It's, it's that one water shop to the next, okay? Pacing yourself. So define your goals from the outset, make sure you leave room for some errors, be kind to yourself, invest time in learning about your own strengths 
you need to know where you are good at and where you need to step back and let someone else take the lead. As a someone that's starting a business, um, I think it's easy to get pulled and sucked into, well, I have to be there to do this and this and this. And before you know it, you're spread pretty thin and not doing any of those tasks to the best of, you know, what's needed to be done. Um, so makes, recognizing teammates that have their different strengths and letting some, uh, you know, delegation happen, that needs to be there. Um, I think for me, that was the one of the don'ts is I probably rushed into it a little bit. I did not take time to analyze. Um, although I did, I was fairly successful, but um, I think I had la over time started lacking confidence. Um, it, and it wasn't a financial reason. It was just confidence. And can I do this? I started doubting myself. And I, that's where I started to crumble, you know, and um, that kind of led to when the pandemic happened, I just didn't have the confidence to, to keep going. And there were other aspects that, you know, personal life, things like that, too, that that was going on all, all at the same time that made it a difficult um, situation. Um, but I think if I had planned and I had known my strength better, not known who I am, what my limitations are, um, maybe I could have, um, you know, found my way through it. Uh, but at some point, we all experience failure, and you just have to to move on and and be able to again, like I said, be kind to yourself and learn from it, and uh, be ready for the next opportunity. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I think um, having you know having your own business. Not only are you creating this, you also want to be able to protect what you're building. Right. So you want to make sure you have the right legal support, which uh, is very critical. You make sure you have uh, good uh, accountants. And so all of the back-end operations um, are going to be what defines the success also in a way for your business. Um, so I don't know if that helps, but I'm just, uh, I guess, be realistic. It's not a kind and forgiving world, the world <laughs> when, when you start into venture into business, owning a business, uh, you have to protect what you're building. And so get after it, but make sure you're being realistic and keeping your feet on the ground. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty. I thank you for sharing. Um, you know, I think I am very altruistic in terms of, uh, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. It's going to be great. You know, I, I think most people who are uh, in, in the world of healthcare are somewhat positive in the, in the sense that they think everything's going to be okay. It's going to work out, but this is different. This is business. This is finance. It's, it's, it's a whole different ball game. And I've said on the show before, you know, we as clinicians learn about the body and how the body works. We learn about how to uh, troubleshoot when things go awry and those kind of things with the hope that, you know, if we do this, then this should happen. You know, if you do press ups, mm -hmm. You can count on your ridiculous pain and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When it comes right. to business, you know, it's not always that that cut and dry. Cut. Yeah, exactly. I think there's so many other challenges that come with that. And like you said, you know, no one had expected COVID. No one had expected that to be such a thing where literally, if you go walk through Brooklyn anywhere around the world, there are so many open storefronts now because just people had a hard time doing things. And mm -hmm you know, complete that with other things, like you said, personal issues or what have you, I think it's it's almost 
um, inevitable that at some point in time, those challenges can build up. And yeah. you, know, you mentioned confidence being something that 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 dwindled as you were going through these situations. You know, for me, I think the thing that I'm looking at now is, do I have enough confidence to do it? And, yeah. you know, my, my confidence, it, it wavers back and forth every time I, um, you know, look at financials and look at what's happening. But you know, I've told myself and I've told my friends who are like, oh, what are you waiting for? Let's go. You know, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know my, my thing is I, I want to be in a place where um, I'm confident enough to say that this is exactly where I need to be. And it can't jeopardize family. It can't jeopardize anything that's happening in terms of um, what the family wants to do or what we want to do. It needs to be a seamless transition. I know nothing's going to be perfect because right. there'll be challenges. and There's going to be things that you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I know all those things. Um, but I'm not ready and willing to make a, a jump like that until I, I've done all the research. And that's why I talk to people like you and others who are doing it and have done it, et cetera. And I feel like I'm in a place where I know that I've done all I have to do to make the right decisions and I have the team around me to make sure mm -hmm. I can get this thing done. And you know, it's, for me, it's not about um, being fearful per se, because I'm not fearful because I've been talking about this thing for a long time now, but it is just making sure that I am smart about exactly. it. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think that, um, you know, like you said, having a team around you is crucial. And that's why I've been trying to do those things. And learning from, from you and others has been very helpful just to, cool. to, to, to see that even, even you say, you know, without the pandemic, who knows, you might still be doing your own thing. And it's, it's mm -hmm. very um, interesting that things like that do happen because it's going to happen, you know, whether it's pandemic or whatever, challenges right. are going to come up. But um I, I appreciate you sharing that. It, it does mean a lot. It does help me and others who are also trying to 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 follow in your footsteps to make decisions that will be best for them and their families in the future. So right. my pleasure. Yeah. Um, so listen, I, I know you're someone who is kind of like me in the sense that you're not just in the clinic treating and saying what to do, but you also go out there and do yourself, right? Uh, from various workouts that I see you posting or uh, the races you've done in the past, you know, I think a lot of the things now looking at your history and looking at your certifications um, as an OCS, right? Um, you know so much more in terms of how to help others um, and to get them in a, to a place where they can really just be uh, the best for their sport, for the community, for their family. Uh, we have a number of runners who listen to this show and other sports enthusiasts, Spartan racers, et cetera, who listen to the show and we always try to give tips on, um, you know, how to stay healthy, how to train properly, uh, how to run better, those kind of things. And mm -hmm. um, I'm just curious if there are any tips that you want to share as an OCS, um, or orthopedic specialist, as someone right. who has a, a wealth of knowledge in the physical realm clinically and also in the classroom, right, about just how things are working in terms of research. Um, right. What are some tips that you may share with your clients, your athletes, or want to share with our running community and our fitness community right now on this podcast? Well, I think some of these things have been discussed in the past, and I, I think I've heard some um, episodes on shoes and nutrition. So, I mean, there's so, mu so many different things to consider. I mean, you get out for a run, you had to consider... The temperature, the time of day, is there ice on the road, is there traffic, is there daylight, and um, women especially running um, alone in the mornings, you know, you, you just have to conserve a lot more. 
factors that come into play, uh, your security and safety uh, primarily. Um, and then on t um, to add to that is the hydration and the, you know, you're taking your um, salt. I find the salt pills help me quite a bit during a run. I don't know about everybody else, you know, just the, the appropriate type of fuel. There's so much that goes into it. So, um, I mean, I don't know if you want me to elaborate on my routine or, um, but just touch on basically injury prevention. Um, I think in a nutshell, it comes to don't do anything too drastic, too quick when you're hurting. Um, so I find even as a therapist, I would fall into, oh, my back's hurting. Let me do some stretching and then I might overstretch and hurt worse. So sometimes even as a therapist, we have the knowledge, but when we go through it, it gives you another whole nother um, viewpoint and you go, wait a minute, that probably wasn't the best thing for it right at this time, you know? So if you have something that's acute and inflamed, it's red, hot and swollen, rest and ice. We don't need to do anything. Rest and ice and avoid that activity. Uh, try to piece it uh, together by light stretching gradually, but no rush and don't go looking into medical care right away uh, because you could end up making things worse. Um, so a week of rest, I think, um, from the activity that caused it. And then think about it. When was the last time you changed your shoes? How are the treads on those shoes? What do you think happened? Did you hydrate enough? Maybe did you overtrain? Maybe you didn't give yourself time to warm up. Um, so things of that nature, just take a step back and analyze. And I feel that flexibility goes a long way, but if you're acutely injured, maybe stretching is not the right thing to do at that point in time. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, I think a lot of people get caught up in the, well, I have a race or I have to go do it. I got I have to get this done. And they kind of ignore the small things. And especially if we talk about marathon training and other races where you're training literally for 18 week period you know and mm -hmm. and we get so fixated on i have to go run 20 miles today so i have to just gut through it and that whole no pain no gain thing which everyone kind of says which right. is true in some instances but sometimes it's like no 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 no. if there is pain there is no gain so right. you can't do anything for a little bit I, I i do think the hard part like you said is taking yeah. that week and yeah. i do think some people have a hard time thinking that taking that week off is going to be helpful. They see it as taking a week off is going to be a setback. But yes. if you really don't take a week off and rest, then you really can't progress any further because right. you're something more. So yeah, I, I think that's probably great advice. Um, and like you said, all the other things we talked about on the show already about nutrition and trends and what have you. But I yeah. think the important thing you said just now is really just being able to recognize how your body's feeling and, 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 and adapting to that and giving it the proper stretching or ice that it needs to recuperate. I think a lot of people get caught in that, oh, I'll just pursue it and it'll be fine. And right. um, sometimes it's not. <laughs> sometimes no. you just need to really just turn it down for a little bit. Um, From my own experience, I would say it has not worked well. <laughs> so uh, pushing through is something that, uh, you know, we all innately, we want to do that. We won't say, well, this is not really happening. I should, I should be fine. You know, I just right. push through this. And then the next thing you know, you go a couple more miles and something else fails. And then another, you know, body part starts to hurt. And then you yeah. finally go, well, 
this is not getting any better. So and before we get to that point, I think as soon as you sense that something's not right, don't push it. Your body's trying to heal. Your body is resilient. You just have to give it time to recover. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love the fact that people can look up things online and see what's going on. But I also hate the fact that people can do that because then you start searching for, oh, I think I have this. I think I have this. And people always, I'm sure they come to you as well, saying, I think I have this. And you're like, mm, you don't. <laughs> like, all you need to do is just go right. home and just ice and stretch a little bit. And I'm sure you're going to be fine. Right. You broke my leg. No, you didn't. You just got to go, you know. So yeah. what, are, what are your tips for your patients when they come to you and they they – they have these audacious or audacious thoughts about what may have happened to them. Um, and they're going online and looking at things online and they're, and they're looking for ways to treat certain things, which may be as simple as like shin splints or an itis of some sort, you know, these things that to us, it makes sense. And we can just kind of think, well, you know, you just, just take care of that. But for them, they think it's just the worst thing in the world. You know, mm -hmm. what are your, your tips to, to, to give them, I guess, clarity on those things and, and guidance on how to, change their training or change their programs to make sure that they can keep an, an eye on those things so they don't get worse in the future? Um, my tips on that, I think um, it's, it's multiple aspects of it. One is if, if usually if I have someone that comes in and says, well, I Googled this, I would try to, um, you know, explain to them after I've done my assessment and try to to kind of demonstrate to them that this does not fit with this picture that you're presenting. And uh, usually most patients come around and they'll laugh it off. It's like, yeah, I know, I, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have Googled that. And, um, you know, they come around. And I think a lot of times my patients, when they buy into and understand that, oh, the, this is what I can do to help, they're, they're, they're usually pretty... Um, 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 I guess on with the program and then they will um, do what's needed. And a lot of the times I'm always of the um, mentality now after 20 years of working, but well, when I started, I was, yes, let's, let's do this. Let's hit it with this and, you know, some aggressive stretching and then you're just going to do some hops and all this stuff, you know, and, and we're going to fix it and you're going to be strong and good to go. Well, you might end up set back, uh, ha having set that patient back because then they're not able to come in for the next two, three days because they're in a lot of pain or the doctor said they don't need physical therapy for a little bit. PT, we need to put a break on physical therapy. And so over the years, I've just kind of, kind of stepped back a little bit and recognized kind of the early signs of pain and inflammation and what's going on, what stage of healing is this person in? Is this appropriate to push at this point? Or do they just need rest and ice? Or do they need a little more aggressive um, approach? And do they need eccentric loading? You know, are they are they ready to do their um, jumps? And, you know, or is it just time to back off? So mm -hmm. I think, depending on what I'm presented with, um, I think it could range from just let do nothing Let's just ice it three, four times a day. And they yeah. come back and go, wow, you're a miracle worker. You did great. I mean, I say, well, okay, you're welcome. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, wow, how did you fix me? So, well, no, you did because you put ice on it and you right. calmed the inflammation. You were kind to your body. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's so fun sharing the information with them because they're so excited about it. But you're like, yeah, it's just science. So I'm just going to rock with it. But yeah. So, and you know, all these things that you're, you're saying tip-wise have been helpful for others. I'm sure you apply them to yourself because you've done races, you've done, you know, uh, uh, competitions or what have you. And, you know, as someone who does these things as well, I always look back and I say, man, I've learned so much about myself from this or from that. Looking back at all the things you've done, the races you've done, um, the challenges you've, you've set up to, to do and to challenge yourself. Um, what's the greatest thing you've learned about yourself during any of those experiences, whether they've been races or challenges or physical feats, et cetera? Okay. So it was mostly the marathons that I had kind of um, kind of fallen into in a way. But uh, once I started the training, um, I realized it's such a test of the endurance of the mind, your body, your spirit. And um, I guess I've learned that I am pretty resilient and I'm able to get in a zone and I have a way, I have a place to escape and I'm just locked into that moment, you know. And at times when there is a lot of negativity, which is easy to do, right, for all of us, we get that, um, that negativity takes over our thoughts. And I've just learned ways to bring myself into the present and the running has helped me with that because it was just one foot after the other you know the race is long you still got 20 miles to go or you've got 10 miles to finish you know and so just kind of keeping the eyes on the prize and just going so it could be something in the future that i'm looking at okay I'm, that finish line is around the corner i just need to keep one foot in front of the other um, so in the pandemic year, like I said, I saw the business shut down. I lost what I had created and I had failed. Um, prior to that, that year before I'd had a divorce and now the teenagers are sitting at home in this pandemic year, virtual school, and I'm scurrying around to find a job in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and my daughter develops an illness and all of this responsibilities all of a sudden just was on me, right? The house, the kids, their health, our finances. And it was very hard. And I think training the way I have kept me, kept me going because I knew I needed to be strong for myself. Um, I am here by myself as part of my family is all in New York. And um, I just had to do it, you know. And so it was just, you know, convincing myself there is an end to this there is a finish line and we just had to have faith and it, it it's going to manifest you know it, it, we're going to make it there and so a lot of people gave up or gave in but i think with the help of the training i was able to be consistent and get through those times um i had covid twice so the second time was january this year and then two weeks after that second incident or the episode I ran a full, a half marathon. Okay. And so I, was, I had signed up for this race and I said, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting out. I wanted to do this because it was two years of not doing a single race. And this was the one I signed up for. I had COVID. I said, no, no, I'm still going to practice, you know, to train and training. And I finished, I thought it's going to be a run, walk and a crawl. You know, it's going to take three hours or more, but I finished in two hours and 10. And I don't think I stopped running. Um, I was, so it was just exhilarating to know that I could come out of COVID and prove to myself that I can do anything that I put my mind to. 
Um, so not bragging, but I think all of us have that ability to conquer our biggest obstacles. And so I think we should just not stand in our own way and keep pushing. Absolutely. That's inspiring by itself. Coming out of COVID, running 210, that's great. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I love the, the running community. I love the running culture. I love races in general because it just lets you know that, again, everybody has their issues, their challenges, their failures. Um, but everyone who's signed up for those races has one goal in mind. And the goal is to get from the start to the finish. And no matter what's going on, you know, I, I always say when we have our practices and even our races, when the race is over, I say, okay, back to reality. Because those races become like a, a time warp where nothing matters. Like all the things you're going through, all the stress that you may have been experiencing, all the things that you know you have to go back to for that one moment in time, for those two hours and 10 minutes of that day, it doesn't matter. You're, it's you're just your saying, time. That's it. You're going out there, you're doing your thing, you're, you're in the zone, like you said, and and nothing matters except for the race you're running and those around you and the feeling you have during that thing and the the drive that you remember in training for that thing. No matter what's going on, whether it was COVID or something that's on your mind, for those two hours and 10 minutes, nothing else matters except for finishing that goal. And I love that. And I just I just feel like it, it just gives you, you can probably relate, just gives you a sense of, okay, when the race is over, I can I have now the the courage and the inspiration and the drive to go back and face all the things that I know I have to face because I got through this thing that I had to get through, and yeah, um, yeah I mean that's that's why I run, that's why I do these things, and I said Absolutely. yeah, it's gonna be done, but like you said, these things continue just to go on, and it's something that just drives you as a person and as an individual and as a clinician and. As a human being. So, you know, I, I salute you for being as resilient as you have been through all these things to continue to to go out there and run. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a it's been my outlet um, to be able to do that. That is the one thing I knew I can train for it and I can see the results. Yeah. Well, I'm not injured. <laughs> but right, yes, exactly. as long as I do exactly. it cautiously and safely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, as as clinicians, I always ask because I'm curious how you balance this thing, right? You're, you're, you're out there doing these races for yourself. You're um, raising two kids, you know, you, you have a job where you are a manager, you know, you're, you're, you're holding things down uh, and you're still trying to get your fitness life in there at the same time. How do you balance this life you created? Um, uh, family, work, fitness. Um, and is this something that you stress with your patients, you know, I think a lot of people talk to their patients about, oh, you have to go up there and be active, but, um, you know, it's easy for someone to just go out there and say it, but you're actually doing it. So right. you know, how do you balance these things and right. make sure that you keep it all going together well? Right. So I think um, it's a, exactly about 10 years ago that really that I started running and um it was not something that was innate for me, this love of running. Um, I think some events in my life that again, um, led me to go, you know, where I was in a place where I felt helpless or, you know, hopeless in a way. And I said, this is not, this is not going to be me. You know, I have to do something. And so I showed up, um, one of the things that happened at the time was I, I ended up losing my, one of my friends, 
a pet who was pet sitting and um, he took off as I was distracted with my four-year-old and couldn't find him. And so I became, you know, very much, I felt, obviously felt very responsible and terrible over this. And so um, I just uh, had to do something. And so I had started joining a running group and, you know, listening to stories of people with their, their own stories and their own, you know, fun stories, inspiring stories. It helped me get that endurance slowly built up. Um, so when I was starting this marathon um, goal in my mind, you know, it was in 2012 and I started training in August. I was just running maybe three miles a week. Um, I mean, three miles, uh, three times a week, you know, and then um, once I started with the running group, pretty soon after, uh, uh, you know, the the golden retriever puppy was found and everything, you know, reunited with his family. I know. So that was a good story. And I could have said, oh, good, we're, we're, we're done. You know, stop running now. But I had already just, you know, started to see how this was helping me. Because, you know, I started to appreciate the, th the good things that just being out there, being active, getting fresh air, interacting with people, that was doing some good for me. And so pretty soon five miles became 10 and 14 and 20. And then by 2012 and uh, 2012, I did the Dallas Marathon and not not in the best shape. I was, you know, hit the wall at mile 19, whatever, but I finished and I was just, you know, so elated to, to do that. And so I think I remember through that experience that we had um, three things that that helped. One is consistency. So consistently getting up, you know, five in the morning, three times a week, getting, putting those shoes on and going, okay, it's cold outside. It's dark outside. I don't want to get out of bed, but, you know, trying to say, well, this is just, just show up, you know, just get out there. And so you're some total of your habits, right? So you just start to build a good habit. Once you consistently do that for a few weeks, next thing you know, you can do without it. So um, so it just became, uh, became a habit. And so no matter what, I was getting out there and coming uh, home feeling much better than I did. And I left and um, finally ran a marathon in 2014 in the rain. Again, tackled the Dallas Marathon. I did a 948 pace and finished in four hours and 16 minutes. So that was my best. And I don't know if I'll ever do that again, but I hope to definitely try, you know, um, um, that's, so that was consistency at that time that, that helped me with that. And then being in good company, right? So having positive people, having people passionate about your goal, just as much as they're, uh, they're supportive of you as well and, and wanted to, uh, offer their help. So you're just surrounding yourself with people that had positivity and are passionate about running or the same cause as you were, um, that helped. And so if you have people that doubt you, I would say <laughs> time to move on and find people that, that will, you know, motivate you and, uh, fill you with that, uh, positivity, um, to accomplish what you're setting out to do. So, um, that helped, um, crew, you, you should have a good support crew. So, um, teamwork again comes into play here. 
Um, you cannot do that on your own. You need to have, we need, we need to have our, our spouse or our family members, you know, taking care of everything else in, in the, you know, um, in the meantime that you're going out there training for four and five hours. And when you come back and you and I know we're exhausted, <laughs> not much else happens that day. So, um, so just having that kind of support system. Um, and I had a good network of friends and family that would help uh, do that say, Hey, we'll be, we'll take care of the kids. You, you do what you need to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so those were the things that, that helped. Yeah, that's all spot on. That's all spot on. That is basically the journey. And as, as trying as it is, it's so rewarding. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my next question for you is be more today means a lot of things, a lot of people. Um, you're basically saying all the things that you're being more with. And I'm curious when you hear the phrase be more today, given all you shared about your running experiences and your professional life and career and you know, your aspirations for where you want to be and where you've been, what does that phrase be more today mean to you? So I guess I'd be lying if I said I woke up every day with that attitude. Uh, <laughs> I think it takes intentional thought and, and commitment to allow that phrase to define the reality of your life. Um, I think the phrase calls to action, um, a certain amount of boldness to step out in faith and get doing. Um, just like running a race is running from that water, one water stop to the next. This, pra this phrase is a powerful call to transform your dreams into reality. And by doing a little more each day, chip away little by little uh, towards achieving that goal, whatever it is for all of us. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Nisha Matthews, what's next for you on the docket? What's, what's planned for this year? What are we doing? It's already oh, May, it's about to be June. So what are we doing for the rest of this oh, year? I think I've been burning a few brain cells every day, <laughs> wondering that, that same thing. Um, I, I love travel and the world's starting to open up. I want to learn. I don't know what yet. And, um, you know, I want to keep advancing. I've always had that drive to, to do more, to be, to be going places go forward and right now i have uh, again two wonderful teenage kiddos and they are also wanting the same for themselves right so they're kind of getting into that phase where they want to travel they want to explore and they want to learn about this world they're in and so yeah i'm not i'm not sure right now so i think i should let them take that turn now and launch them and uh, make sure that we I can be here to guide them through and then uh, then start to to focus on me but I can certainly start to plan what I will be doing in two or three years from now and so in the meantime I'm working as a center manager uh, for Baylor I love working with my uh, colleagues my co-workers my patients uh, and uh, hopefully God's plan will be revealed soon awesome. that sounds really exciting uh well, where can people follow you on social media or otherwise, or even by email, if you don't mind? Okay, so I'm an old school um, therapist. I don't have Insta, I mean, you know, professional Instagram or um, Twitter or what have you. Um, I do plan to do that in the future, right at this time, not yet. Um, but that's something I definitely want to consider doing. I think it'll be useful for the community that I'm in. 
uh, to have um, therapists like with with a background that's a varied background. Um, so just need to work that out. In the meantime, you can reach out to me um, on uh, well my email. It's uh, my full name N I S H A Matthews M A T H E W S one one seven at gmail dot com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. We appreciate you so much, Dr. Matthews. We appreciate you so much. It's really been fun connecting with you again, and. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future you're you're going to be cultivating down there, and I'm excited that you are moving forward with new beginnings. Um, I appreciate you being on the show today, and it's good to catch up. So thank you so much for making number 97 one for the books. It is now a uh, it's a, it's it's a hit because you're on the Woo-hoo! show. Really That's fantastic. You. Thank you so much, Sean. Always wonderful to see you. I wish you all the best, and let's stay in touch. Yes, absolutely. And folks, don't forget the quote from today. No matter the person or the situation, there's always a beginning, a day one. Be courageous and starting over and trying again. This day could be the day that changes everything. You heard Dr. Matthews talk about uh, her ups and her downs. She's continued to run this race and do it well. And no one knows what's happening tomorrow. Um, We all talk about what we want to do, we make plans for these things. But as we've seen in Texas and we've seen around the world, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. So go out there, make the most of it, be courageous, get out of your own heads. Let's continue to be better, be more, be great, and continue to keep running these races, continue to run the race of life. Um, and I appreciate her words and her story and her experiences, and I hope you did too. As always, follow us, be more today.com for my book. Uh, the swag store is open and our podcast again. 20,000 downloads, 62 countries. Continue to go out there and just subscribe to us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platforms. And if you want to send us thoughts, you can email Isha directly or me at Dr. Sean at bemoresay.com or any of our social media platforms, Be More Say PT or the Be More Today show. As I always say, folks, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take your steps greatest to be the best version of you. We will see you next week. why why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday you already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent you already know that next level results require next level effort period but why is today different than any other day what's your why how are you going to get to the next level see most of you want to make it to the promised land of success but aren't willing to make the sacrifices let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up for this moment right here. 
Today, are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. You know-